this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today I'm happy to speak to Connie Bell Dixon. Connie Bell Dixon is a light worker and educator. She has been using her abilities and love of educating in order to help others learn about their psychic abilities, healing, and metaphysics. Connie has connected to spirits and observed other dimensions and intergalactic beings during her work. She offers classes through meetup.com and the Lansdale Philly Psychic Development Group. Welcome, Connie. Thank you, Deb. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic to get to talk to you because you just do so many different things and study so many things. I'm excited that you can give people data about what you're doing. <laughs> well, where would you like to start? Well, really quick, could you just let people know a little bit about um, your background? Um, what kind of classes are you teaching people? Well, I teach a whole variety of classes. Um, unfortunately, with COVID, some of them I can't do in person. I have 16 levels of mediumship that I have developed that help people uh, go through learning how to speak to the other side in a safe and good way and deliver messages, etc. And I also teach a lot of basic skills like telepathy, which is getting information through your mind, through mental capabilities, things like psychometry, which is getting information by touching, um, even mind projection, remote viewing, all kinds of topics. Um, I go into core classes like what's your aura, what's your energy field, how do you control it, what are your chakras, um, what about past lifetimes, all about the spirit world, uh, and just about any topic you can think of. And more recently, I've developed a class called Designing Your Afterlife and Your Next Incarnation, which is really quite fascinating. Um, so I, I teach a lot of soul retrieval work. Uh, I'm a Reiki master, so I teach Reiki also. Um, but I teach it in a slightly different way in the aspect that when I do Reiki, I also teach people to include all of their other skills. So whether it's intuitive skills, uh, mediumship, whatever it is, it all comes into play because the more you know, the more you can give your client a chance to heal. And it's always up to them to heal. And for those who are not familiar with Reiki, could you just briefly explain to them what that means? Yeah, Reiki energy is a beautiful, loving, calming energy. And you learn to channel the energy and pass it down throughout your hands. And you just offer it to someone. And it's up to the person to accept it and do whatever they like with it. It's a very loving, calming energy. Yeah, I'm really excited because all of that work that has been done all of those things that you've been working on science is starting to catch up with it i say it all the time <laughs> science is catching up with us absolutely more and more they're proving what we've been doing for years right what we've been doing for years yeah one of my uh, favorite places to look uh, is the i think it's the scientific right society of scientific exploration i believe is what it's called and they have shown that they've done research on light coming from our hands like they can see mm -hmm. photons coming from the hands yeah. um, and they did work on the biofield which means they are looking at the energy that emits from our bodies right and how that can be impacted uh, they look at how vibrations impact the body and they touched on things like you know, remote viewing and all of those different things and UFOs, of course. Right. So, right. Right. So it's really exciting um, to see, you know, and then just years and years, um, it sounds like you've been working on these things. Could you say why you started working on all of these things? Yes. Um, I had experiences as a child, mm -hmm. which many people have experiences as a child, but there's usually no one to go and talk to about it. So for many people, especially even my students, I mean, they had lots of experiences and it's not until adulthood that you start digging and learning. But I had some pretty wild experiences as a teenager 
which is a time when a lot of people, when their hormones are changing and their energy field is changing, they're open to things coming in. And by the time I was 19 or 20, I was just like, I need to get a handle on this. I don't know what this is, but I need to find out. And I started studying and I started taking classes wherever I could find a class. And then in 2000, time goes by, you know, I still studied wherever I could. And in 2010, I found meetup.com and I thought, well, maybe I know enough that I could help a few people. So I started my group, the Lansdale Philly Psychic Development Group. And just being in the position of teaching really pushes you to learn a lot more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so my skills have developed exponentially in the past 12 years, just teaching, doing, being in it every single day. And it has gone from, you know, my Reiki, my mediumship, um, and even communication has expanded into intergalactics and um, people, I've often seen people now when I'm doing Reiki on them, that they actually have parallel lives at the same time, working on other planets as the same time as here. So it, it's energy will always teach you things. And mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever done learning. Okay, so the parallel life thing is really interesting to me because I have heard of the multiple souls concept, you know, but doing it at the same time actually kind of resonates with me because like I am one of those people who just has never felt like this was the right planet for me. And I, I wonder, actually, yeah, I actually have a class that mm -hmm. I developed called Are You 100% Human? Let's find out. Well, nowadays that's even more controversial because many people are leaning towards the we're hybrids anyway. <laughs> well, even Neil deGrasse Tyson says we all have stardust in our blood. Right. All so, from the same batter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, do you mind if I go back to the beginning of things? Because I think metaphysics is thrown out there quite a bit. And I think most people don't understand actually what metaphysics is. Right. I would love for you to explain that, especially because re recently someone who uses terms like that a lot explained to me that meta just means above. So it's like extra surplus. So from my understanding, and if that's how we break it down, it's like above physics. So it's kind of broad and I think people need to understand what that would mean. Okay. And so I'll just tell you my version of it. Okay. And again, I can be wrong. I, I, I never profess to know everything a hundred percent. Nobody knows anything a hundred percent, but in my view, metaphysics basically in a nutshell is anything beyond the five senses. Mm -hmm. So beyond our five normal senses. Mm -hmm. Now I think that can be broken down into three different categories. If we think about it, there's the mind, the body, and the spirit. So if we look at metaphysics with your mind, that's when you kind of learn about your energy field. You learn about brain waves. You learn about meditation because you need to be able to relax in order to get to other levels of existence. And that's when you start developing your skills, like telepathy, projection, psychometry, things like that. And then if you want to take the brain further along the line, you can take it all the way to quantum physics, which is very fascinating also. So that's the mind part of metaphysics. The spiritual part of metaphysics is learning how to protect your energy field. Who are you pulling in? Who do you want to communicate with? And I always want my students to have very safe experiences. So I'm very strong on protection and using white light. Um, the other part about spirituality is learning to connect to your creator, whatever you call that, in whatever form you see it, that's fine. And it's learning to connect to your creator so that you raise your vibrations. And as you raise your vibrations, you expand your field of communicating and you expand your skills. Plus, we also need our connection to earth. Being connected to earth is very important. So spirituality is kind of being connected to above and connected below 
and then understanding that the whole world is connected basically right the body part of it is honoring the body temple that we were given so honoring it with good food good rest good exercise that type of thing but it's also understanding the vibrations of our body so as you meditate and as you take classes and as you progress your physical body has to adjust to that so it's learning the signs of your physical body changing its vibrations and that takes a while to understand that and people can go through awakenings where everything seems to happen and they don't understand it um they just sometimes people will go through like a metamorphosis where all of a sudden they lose all their friends and they're, they're they don't have the same job and they don't know why and that's a huge calling to take time start tuning in figuring it out understanding expanding and it's it's a light worker path light worker bringing light in whether that's through giving people comfort giving people healing giving them help giving them understanding uh helping them through grieving whatever it is that they need and that's a light worker path and it's all about spreading that love that pure love yeah it's interesting i found out recently from someone who writes books about ufo experiences how often the people who have encounters are service workers of some kind like teachers or counselors or you know they're trying to guide and help people and simultaneously are somehow connected to the ufo phenomenon mm. so i wonder if light workers and these you know not all people i will say there's definitely people who are not in this group but um these people who have these encounters um are somehow targeted in some way to to just keep bettering the planet you know that that's one of the reasons they're connecting to these things that are happening it could very well be it could very well be and not that they're targeted but maybe it's just their path and maybe they're maybe they they're brought here to help humankind mm -hmm. i mean i do think light workers are here just to elevate and help the human consciousness to a more higher spiritual level and i think a lot of that knowledge sometimes comes from other planets and other societies and other ways of living so yeah, and if and yeah, if I've always had this idea that when we're, you know, thinking about consciousness in relation to this topic, it's because that is almost like our internet, you know, in the universe. And that's why we're getting these messages, intergalactic messages that people call downloads, right. you know, or, or having those encounters um, in part because they're, we're connecting to that consciousness internet. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good way of putting it too, is intergalactic internet. I like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yes, you can get downloads. Um, I mean, I've had numerous classes where somebody asked me a question and I answered it. And afterwards I thought to myself, where did that answer come from? Mm -hmm. I didn't consciously know that answer. So I think they're around quite a bit. I think your guides are around whatever form that takes. And I think, I think there's lots of help around. If we keep our minds open and ask for the highest of help, that's always important. Yeah. I, I feel like, um, I tend to connect to those things through meditation and it's almost like a trance like meditation but on on the flip side it's very easy for me to get into it i don't have to do a lot to get into this state of mind Good. and i know other people really like struggle but like i just i can do it immediately and i connect to things and learn things when i'm out there in that mm -hmm. sphere so to speak right. right right it's accessing that alpha level and theta level even mm -hmm. deltas are sleep but 
relaxing enough to get into those realms takes you anywhere and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. and it finds that other people have very similar experiences when I talk to them about it after, like when I tell them I had this happen while I meditated, um, a lot of people have the similar experience. I also have a really strong sense all the time that I should be going back, but I don't like I'm resisted. I'm like, I can't do that right now. You know, <laughs> like, and, and that's a very important point, Deb. That's a very important point. Don't push yourself to do anything mm -hmm. in metaphysics. You wait until your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul is ready to take that step. That's very mm -hmm. important. Very important. Don't rush it. Don't right. rush it. Now, have you heard of CE5 at all? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So actually, when I, I was, was thinking about that, because I did try to do a CE5 once that just completely drained me. Um, I do a lot of um, trying to like push energy through, um, which, you know, and upwards. And one time I went out and I did it and I was just completely zapped. And of course, it wasn't effective at all. <laughs> It was well, just exhausting. Again, you have to be taught the right way to use energy. And I'm not sure what they were trying to get you to do. Um, so every group is a little bit different. I mean, I've gone out with some CE5 groups and just kind of led a meditation while we were there to connect. Mm -hmm. And um, I can see the spirits that come you know, it, it's, you have to be ready for it and you have to be taught with the right people. Make sure you're with the right people when you do that. Oh yeah. I was by myself. What? <laughs> I was doing it by myself. Oh, 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 well, no wonder. No wonder. No, don't do it by yourself. Yeah. I have been successful before. Um, I, I did try it just for fun. Just kind of said hello and saw an orb come out and then it mm -hmm. like zipped around and then disappeared real quick. Oh, okay. Wasn't the most magnificent sighting, but it was like kind of like a hello. <laughs> right. Well, good, good. They, they at least um, replied to your yeah. energy. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So I know that um, you've spoken a little bit and I, I'm kind of jumping ahead on wanting to That's talk okay. about this. I know you spoke a little bit about having had some, intergalactic communication mm -hmm. um, and getting to see some things um, with other civilizations. And I was wondering if you could just tell us what you saw and maybe some of those messages that you heard. Sure. I, some of the examples. Um, and again, I, I see them more when I'm working on people. Um, uh, one person, several people have had intergalactics that will as I'm working on them, I'll see the intergalactic come in and stand beside them. And I'll be able to have a conversation with the intergalactic and ask why they're there. A lot of times they're there just to protect the person. You know, they're their protector. Other times I have seen intergalactics that will download information into the person. And what I have found myself doing, which is kind of sounds kind of strange, but what I have found myself doing is noticing that when the intergalactics download information, they often do it too quickly and too immensely, and they overload the human body. So I will end up having a conversation with them about the human body and the Earth's energy field, that it's a lot denser and slower than what they're used to, and that they're actually overwhelming the person. The person's exhausted all the time, they can't think clearly, everything's cloudy. So I'll actually instruct them, slow down, just download a little bit at a time. And if there's things about the human body that they don't understand, I try to explain it, things like that. So I will often <laughs> be bossy and tell them to calm down, calm down a little bit at a time for the body. Okay, I've been tired my whole adult life. So now I'm wondering, is there something going on there? <laughs> <laughs> and, and that could be due also to traveling during sleep time. Mm -hmm. A lot of people travel during their sleep. And every once in a while, you have to stop and take a break. 
And so I always tell people who are exhausted like that, before you go to sleep, just say no traveling tonight, please. No traveling tonight. And do they do they remember that travel or do they see it as a dream or is it something that's happening that they're not aware of? You mean the person that it's happening to? Yeah, the traveler. The traveler. Well, some people are totally unaware, completely unaware. They don't know why they're tired. They don't know about traveling even. And um, and then a lot of times you don't remember or sometimes you kind of have a glimpse of something like, did I do such and such, you know? So it's not completely clear to most people. Do you, really have yeah. Do you have it's remembrances really of anything? What's interesting about that is we were just told a story recently. I think it was Gary Nolan on Calling All Beings told us that he had an out-of-body experience where he was in space. Like this was, you know, he was sleeping and then got pulled back to his body. And I wonder if he just kind of woke up in the middle of that traveling. Yeah, absolutely. That's very possible. Yeah, because if you have to jump back in, it'll it'll bounce you. It'll jolt you. Yeah, what's interesting is when I was younger, my most vivid dreams were always flying dreams. They're, mm -hmm. you know, and I wasn't in a plane or a helicopter. Right. It was myself flying. Mm -hmm. Those were my vivid dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just flying along treetops. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, my, I wanted to ask you, you've also worked on angels, um, and I wanted to know what you think angels are, um, how they connect to us, things like that. And would like to know a little bit more about angels, because I have a couple of hypotheses about angels. Okay. All right. So again, I'll tell you my version. Okay. Um, I think angels are a very high spiritual energy. Um, I often tell people, you know, spirits will often show up in the manner that will allow you to recognize them. Mm -hmm. So most people that deal with angels will actually see angel looking beings. For me, it's just a high energy and sometimes they're a color. So sometimes if a color comes to you often, find out what angel or archangel is connected to that color. That they could be around you. So they're very high spiritual beings. They're wonderful. They're really quite wonderful. Um, I think a lot of times they're around for help, but they're probably not allowed to interfere or help unless you ask them. So I think a lot of angels, angels are underutilized. So ask your angels to help you. I think they're there to help. They're there to protect each angel, especially the archangels, have different attributes that they can help you with. You know, everybody knows St. Michael is for protection. So Raphael is for healing. So everybody knows that different angels, or you can look it up, different angels have different properties. But you can call on any one of them to help you. Okay. I, Go ahead. So I did some research on angels. And, you know, the, of course, people got some things wrong um when i did the research i did it by looking you know at religious text and people seem to think angels have wings and you know <laughs> they don't uh they don't have wings um and people don't seem to understand which which i have gathered from my research that these were beings created before humans could be i mean there's so many philosophies deb how do you know which one is right Mm -hmm. So I always tell everybody, listen to all the philosophies, then decide what's right for you. Mm -hmm. So I don't yeah. think there's any concrete beliefs in all of this. I think you have to find what's suitable for you. Now, that makes sense. I think, <clears throat> you know, we are always trying to define and understand things that we don't fully understand as humans. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you told some people that angels didn't have wings, they'd be devastated. <laughs> so you don't, you don't want to do that because um, nothing feels as 
comforting in symbology is imagining an angel standing behind you and wrapping their wings around you. Hmm. So there's nothing wrong with imagining them that way. There's nothing wrong with that in my yeah. mind. You know. No, absolutely. I think if they wanted to have wings, they have the ability to make them, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. They can show up any way they want. Yep. Right. Yes. And, yeah, that kind of leads to um, a question I had about, we, we didn't really flush out. I wanted to know what the um, intergalactic beings looked like. Um, a lot of people talk about greys. There's a, just a ton of different species that are um, discussed. Some look like humans. I was just wondering um, which ones you had seen, like what they look like is um, something I'm really interested in. I connect a lot to the greys, actually. It's odd, but I do. Well, the ones I've seen, and I don't know if this is anybody else's experiences, but I've seen a variety of them. And there are so many different species. I mean, there are just so many. Um, I've seen some that kind of have like a human body and then a not so human head. Um, I've seen ones that, uh, look like birds, bird people. All right. Just feathers all the way down. I've seen some that were short, very short. And some of them were blue. Some of them were green. Um, I've seen some that look like humans that are normal height. And I've seen ones with really long beards. And I've seen ones that look kind of Asian. I've seen ones with the antenna that go up you know, the typical picture that you would see of, uh, of an alien with the antennas going out. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it, it's like there's so many varieties that you can't pinpoint them. And I don't really label mine as grays or this or that. However, though, I do think when Arctarians show up for me, Arctarians show up in long robes with a hood and no face. And they're very healing. They're very healers. And the one time I saw a lot of them walk into my living room, I asked them, what color robe is that? Because it wasn't like gray. It wasn't. So I asked them, what color, what color is that? And they said, clay. I said, clay. And I said, yes, clay. I'm like, okay, they're clay. <laughs> um, so they will show up that way for me in the long robes. So it's like I said, they're so different. There's some that look like Native Americans. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. Native Americans were very connected to intergalactics. Yes. And I don't the, know how many people put those two together. Yes. If you read Artie Sixkiller Clark's books, she goes into that quite a bit. The Mayans say that they are intergalactic beings. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't so, be surprised. Yeah, well, not yeah. all of them, but a lot of them do. Right. That, and I think that people have gotten it wrong thinking that they descended from them. They're like, no, we are the beings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I've seen quite a variety. Some are extremely tall. Others are short. Mm -hmm. So you get a whole variety. Same with the spirit world. I mean, there's so many different sizes and shapes of spirits, too, from you know, fairies and gnomes and things like that and pixies all the way on up to, mm -hmm. you know, very high, high level beings. Yeah, a lot of people talk about um, both in UFOs and in spirituality, orbs kind of represent the spirits. Um, and I do think anything that we're seeing beyond that could be just something that they want us to see, you know, because once you don't have a body anymore, you kind of just project something. Right. So uh, I've, a lot of people have spoken to me about they see orbs and they see different colors in the orbs mm -hmm. um, for spirit. Right. And that could be too. And also that might be what the person is able to see at that time. Mm -hmm. So as people develop, maybe they, it, as you develop, things change as to what you can see and how much you can see. So it's very interesting. It morphs as you progress. Now, I know this is kind of a dissettling question, but I have to ask or unsettling. Um, I was wondering if you ever got a sense of any like 
maliciousness from any of those species or a sense that we should be cautious with some of them? I think um, I don't get that from the intergalactics very much at all. Um, but I always, always ask, no matter what level of life it is, that only the highest and the best come to me. Hmm. That is my statement all the time. All, even for my students, I only want the highest and the best to come to me. Well, I will say some of them are, some of these species are a little egotistical. So they probably really, really like hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of people say they want to be called higher intelligent beings or superior intelligent like or like they it's always something like that and i always kind of buckle against that a little bit I'm like wait a minute yeah yeah now you can have i try to explain this to people too you can have a person let's say when he when they were here on earth they were not nice let's say they were a very negative person they did bad things etc etc now they're on the other side sometimes somebody needs to interact with them in order to heal. So if that happens, I ask for the highest and best version of that spirit to come and participate in the healing. So okay. I think we have many sides to us, whatever our soul is, whatever our energy is, there are many sides of that. But if I'm going to interact, I want the highest and the best to come well i i know that some other people who have had um encounters have learned to just sort of put a gate up if if they need to if they're attracting something really negative they're able to just say nope yeah there's all kinds of protections there are all kinds of protections um the one i like the most that i personally use is white light which is light from my highest being um, it's very strong. It's very powerful. Um, it has helped me through so many situations throughout my entire life. I just wouldn't know what to do without it. And I always white light my house. I white light myself. I white light my car. I white light everything. Mm -hmm. And again, I think whatever works for you. I mean, there's so many different kinds of protection mm -hmm. and I think you need to. I think protection is just like wearing a seatbelt when you get in the car. I mean, you don't have to put the seatbelt on, but if something happens, at least you have that little bit of protection. You know, so, you know, I don't think people need to fear, but they need to understand what vibrations they're sending out and what they're attracting back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, the one of the things that causes concern is that some of these experiences have been abductions and have resulted in, you know, some un, well, I don't want to say unsavory. It's worse Pleasant. than that. It's Pleasant. super in, invasive procedures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Extremely unpleasant. Now, see, again, I have a different take on things. So you kind of have to get used to me. Um, I know I would love to know from experiencers who really, let me back up. There's a substance that your brain produces called DMT, dimethyltryptamine. The only side effect to your brain overproducing DMT is feeling like you are abducted by an alien. That seems to be the only side effect to it. Now there's manufactured DMT that's different but this is the body's natural DMT. So I really wonder how many people, now unless they have physical evidence, of course, but how many people truly were not abducted but had an overproduction of the DMT? Now, I don't think that covers everybody across the board. It doesn't. But I bet it would rule a lot of people out. Yeah, it's complicated because even in, in those instances, um, although people have like abduction-like experiences, they're not really consistent. But when it comes to abduction experiences with, you know, for instance, greys, um, they tend to be pretty consistent in what they're reporting. Yeah. Um, and yeah. they do have physical evidence. Um, 
yeah. they have mark, marks on their bodies, scars, mm -hmm. um, objects that they identify with a doctor. Mm -hmm. um, they have, you know, other ramifications later on. A lot of them and have physical reactions to the experience, like goosebumps right. and right. their hair going up and you know some well, many of them have it with another person actually they're not doing they're not abducted alone mm. so it's it's pretty complicated but yeah. i do do wonder if that experience is not entirely what they think it is also some mm -hmm. of them have said that they have spiritual abductions mm. um and some people um may just be seeing what is projected to them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it can be very complicated and that's why I think it's really important to learn protection at the beginning. Take it slow. Figure out where you want to go with it. Because, you know, developing your skills isn't for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you have to know what you want to do with it. Now, do you think that there is a genetic component or something that we're unlocking? We call it epigenics. Uh, genetics, I think, when we can unlock some genes and get them activated when people are doing intuitive work? I think, I think it's a couple different parts. I think that, yeah, I think you can have the genes. I think people in families can pass it along, the gifts. But I also think that a lot of intuitive skills are just like any other skill. Like, and some people have a lot of the skill. Some people have a little of the skill. I mean, if you take mathematics, some people don't get, get past two plus two equals four, and that's okay. But then there are others that are more interested in it. They're more open to it. They want to know more, and they study, and they study, and they study, and they become mathematicians or financial analysts, whatever. So I think intuitive skills are basically the same. I think we all have them to an extent. Um, have, have you heard a little bit about the the recent discovery? Um, I'm not going to say it right. I never say it right. I think it's the cotton potanum in the brain is slightly more enlarged for intuitive people. Oh, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised. But again, it's, um, you know, it could be physical. It could be societal. Society has so much to do with your intuition. Because anytime you do anything outside of the five senses, you're weird and you don't fit in. And that's huge. Just getting over how you were raised, what religion you were raised in can be mm -hmm. absolutely huge. So there are many, there are a lot of obstacles to overcome to tune into what you were given. And then it depends on how you want to develop it. But I think it can come up through the lines. I also think it's how much you're interested in it. I mean, there are a lot of people that are extremely skilled, but not interested at all. Yeah. And they probably are using it without realizing it anyway. <laughs> like for years, I, I never understood why it is I don't get lost. Like I get lost, but I always find my way out. Mm. Like I, I have a terrible sense of direction, but something just helps me find my way out. Very nice. Yeah, I always end up finding, like, if I'm lost in the woods, I will find the exit somehow. <laughs> like, I don't... That's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Now, I wonder what past lifetime that's related to. Well, I was, I was once told <clears throat> that I am a young soul, and I've had two prior lives on Earth. One was potentially a Nokian, and the other... I, I have some memory of being in China and being a fisherman. Lovely. Yeah. I think, so, I, think we have, I think we have many lifetimes, many, many lifetimes. Yeah. And what's interesting about that, and it leads me to um, some argument and debate with people at times. I haven't even said argument. Some debate um, is that my understanding is there's a lot more consciousness than there are physical bodies in the universe. And that there's a lot of consciousness that can't come in to be in a body. And um, there's like a sense of really trying to get in all the time to be physical. To have a body. Well, 
they say earth school is the toughest one so that could be true if they if it's a soul if there are souls that really want to advance i heard this is one of the hardest planes to exist on so mm -hmm. but yeah i think there's a lot of souls that um would like the chance to come to earth because it is very different i mean when mm -hmm. i interact with intergalactics it took me a while to really understand their type of reactions to things because they don't have the same emotions we do, a lot of them. So if I asked them a question, it would be like, because I said so, and such a matter of fact that it mm -hmm. almost, you know, at first it made me stop and kind of jump and say, wait, are, were they angry? And then I'm like, no, that's how they talk. That's just how they talk. And and that's uh that goes to psychology and society a little bit because we use articulation to communicate points to people, mm -hmm. um, and another civilization might not need to do that, especially if they're speaking telepathically. Right. And, and we use facial expressions to communicate uh, gestures, facial expressions, huge part of our communication mm -hmm. might not be needed in a more advanced society. Exactly. They might. Have, they also just may have different brains a lot of our emotions stem from hormones and right. certain parts of our brain if they don't right. have that part of the brain they don't worry about that <laughs> right exactly exactly and they probably have five other things to worry about that we don't so right. it's always <laughs> but, fun to try to think of the things we can't think of that's always tricky yeah. but it's fun to try to do it yeah 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 like one of the ones that gets me is what's on the edge of the universe. <laughs> yeah. well, I think the universe goes on for a very long time. Yeah. Well, well I'm never going to see the edge. So <laughs> you, you don't know that. That's true. Maybe when I pass, I'll just be like, you know, I'll be right back. I'm going to go check something out. <laughs> yeah. And maybe you'll find there's no edge at all. Yeah. I, I uh, definitely have a hard time with people saying there's nothing on the outside. I'm like, that's not true. There's no way <laughs> that's impossible. I know, I know, but you know what? You have to accept everybody for where they are and what they're comfortable with. And when it's time for them to expand, they will, right. but unless it's their time, they can't accept it. Right. But there's, there's other things that, you know, I'm, I'm learning about that I'm just kind of open to that are really baffling to people. Like we talked about the two souls concept of living two lives at the same time. Mm -hmm. But I've also said to people, what if because we have such a limited amount of physical bodies, we end up living this very same life in all the different universes at the same time? And that's how we end up with multiple dimensions because living at one time only gives you so much information right but you but you do it many many times at the same time to try to get more information yeah i mean quantum physics i think with uh the movie what the bleep do we know and that was years ago they said at that time that we exist on 11 planes at the same time so i'm not sure what they've proven by now we, we yeah we have to live on so many different planes yeah I'll have to watch that again because I didn't remember that they went into multidimensional. I knew that it was a lot about how thinking can control things um, or change things for us. But now I'm going to look at it again. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the quantum physics guys talked in that. Yep. Yeah. As well as um, Dr. Emoto's work about words and how words can affect you. And all his experiments with words and how it affected water. And plants. It kind of definitely right. like it, yep. that wasn't. I don't think that was his work because he was looking at how water freezes. Um, but other people have done so much work on how plants respond, and what they've found, it, from what I can gather, is it's not so much the words themselves; it's the amount of vibration that goes with it, um, mm -hmm. the patterns of vibration too. They're right. respond more responsive to that. That's why they like some music better than others. Right. Right. Yep. And, yeah. you know, a lot of the things that we're interested in do kind of seem to fall into vibration. So exactly. Exactly. It's all vibrations. Mm -hmm. 
vibrations and frequencies yep yeah. and and energy is a big one energy yep. in general everything yep. has the energy what fascinates me is we find out that our atoms connect because of electricity essentially or energy mm -hmm. and i've i've been thinking about this one and maybe you'll have some input why is it when we pass our atoms when they lose that electricity don't just go whoosh, disappear like yoda <laughs> in star wars like why does that why do they keep the electricity after we've died that's a good question i have no idea yeah I, there's so much we don't know yet yeah i mean really and how do you know what happens to the atoms yeah I mean, that's the thing. Like, I know eventually our bodies will degrade, and that must be right. a really slow version of those atoms breaking down. But why they don't just immediately, once that electricity is off, go whoosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or is there consciousness? Now, this will really go down the wormhole. Is there consciousness in the atoms, and do we take the consciousness out of the atoms when we go? Yes, and I have to, I I have to hope that that's the case. Yeah, because we do cremate people, and I really mm -hmm. just want to hope that we're it's like immediately gone. It's immediately yeah. out. I would think but, so because we know too many things from other lifetimes, so we had to have taken some kind of uh, material or like cellular memory things like that. It it has to continue on somehow. And they just don't know how yet. And I would love for them to know a little bit more about the memory that's in DNA because mm -hmm. DNA tells a story of millions of years. Right. And, and since we know, like we said earlier, we're all cosmic dust, that DNA comes from the whole universe right. ultimately. Right. Yep. So it's really fascinating. I'd love to know. Um, and one day I think all of that information, you know, gets, to be known to all of us, but we're not there yet. <laughs> but nope. um, I, I had a question about that too. Um, it's really bugging me because it was like something I was trying to ask and I was trying to figure out how to ask. I think it was, oh yeah, I got it. Okay. When we pass, um, we probably return, I think, to what we call our higher self and continue back to what I call the source and get our you know, we give our report and all that. But I've heard a lot of people who have had near-death experiences um, come back with the message, remember who you are. And I'm not sure if they're saying, remember that higher self and why they press upon us to do that while we're in this existence. What is your thought about that? Remembering who you are. Well, I think... Again, it takes us a while to kind of shed society norms and shed limiting beliefs and things like that to remember our true spirit. It's going back to our true self, to the soul of us. Because people don't often look at that. They don't often try and find out who they are deep inside. Now, do you think that um, who we are is that culmination of consciousness from all the lives? Probably. Right. Probably. And it's that spirit that, you know, who we are is that spirit, that loving spirit. Yeah, that's another thing that people talk about a lot um, when they have the near-death experiences. They talk about when they connect, I guess, to that mm -hmm. cosmic consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, that there's a lot of love, like not all the time. Some of them have to work to get to that level when they pass. It's really interesting right. to hear some of the other things that can happen. Right. But when, but when you do reach it, it's like the most love they've ever felt. I have argued that that's the word that we use because it's the only one we can. Mm -hmm. But right. it, I, want, I wonder what it is. I've, I wonder when I hear that, what is love? Like, it, what does that mean? Is it we feel a little level of the energy that we feel when we pass? Or what is that? Love? To me, love is a highest pure beam of energy that you can right. 
that we can't even possibly imagine. Mm -hmm. I mean, oftentimes when I give Reiki attunements, I will come in contact with really high spiritual beings and I'll end up crying. I mean, you know, my students have a joke. Oh, there she goes. She's crying again, you know. But um, a lot of that is because we don't have that level of love on the earth plane. We just don't have it. Yeah, I don't know if we could handle that much energy. No, like we, we, yeah. That's, the, that's part of the problem. The other part of the problem is the density of the earth plane. So we can't even imagine that level of love. Yeah, I think there's a lot of understanding when we go to science again about electromagnetic stuff going on on the planet, the gravitational um, field of the planet, how that shifts, how it protects the planet from, you know, being in the middle of the universe. It kind of, well, I'm not the middle. We're not the middle, but whatever. We're in the universe. <laughs> like, so, so the actual fields if we had that much energy on this planet could be damaged and we wouldn't be in that little protective bubble. Well, I mean, I'm not sure where you were going with that question. Sorry. Yeah. I just say, I don't know if we could handle that energy just because of the makeup of the earth itself. True. Yeah. And that, and that's why I think it just brings me to tears because it's so overwhelming. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. It's not a bad thing. But it's so unbelievable that we can't imagine. It's hard to imagine. We can't even put it into words. Mm -hmm. We can't put it into words. Mm. You know. So would you talk to people about, um, you know, the spiritual plane or you talk to spirit in the spiritual plane? Do you ever get um, like sort of a, a sense of patterns for experiences well, we have the love pattern. We have the kind of remember your higher self, kind of be aware of your consciousness slash spirit. Um, do you get, I have heard of patterns like the cord that connects you to source. Um, a lot of people have talked about that. Some call that the silver cord. Um, are there patterns that you're aware of? Patterns. I don't think of them as patterns, but um, I think everybody has, hmm, how can I explain it? I don't really use the term patterns for things, but I think the, the energy makeup is similar between people. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everybody has their higher self. Everybody is connected to creator if they want to be. Um, again, I think it's all there. The whole energy package is there. It's just what we embrace, mm -hmm. what we learn, what we open our mind to, what we start understanding, knowledge, experience, the whole nine yards. It's just coming, it's bringing all that together and understanding all the components of it. Mm -hmm. so. Have you done any work on the Akashic Records? See, I, I'm not a total believer of Akashic Records. I think mm -hmm. that all knowledge exists. So if all knowledge, knowledge exists, I'm not sure why things have been labeled Akashic. I mean, that goes mm -hmm. back to Edgar Cayce. I mean, Edgar Cayce certainly talked about the Akashic Records too. Um, does it exist in an energetic plane? Yes, but all information exists in an energetic plane. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking about what we were saying earlier about how the uh, cosmic consciousness was like an internet, right? Yeah. So maybe when people first had that idea, they visualized it as a library because that was before computers right. were really big. Right. Good point. Yep. Um, yep. I've I've never been successful with accessing a book of information when I've done a meditation ever. Like I've tried. Mm -hmm. The books are blank. If I try to visualize a book, there's nothing coming oh, through to me that way. That's interesting. That's interesting. Sometimes um, the only experience that I've had with books 
is that sometimes when someone asks me to access a relative of theirs that has crossed over, I will know that that relative is not available. And the image that I get is that they're sitting in front of this gigantic book. And when I see them in front of a gigantic book, I know that they're studying and that they cannot come and talk. Ah, interesting. So is that yeah. their Akashic record? I don't know. Yeah, they might be very busy. It might might change to a computer soon. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be busy texting in, right, in the afterlife right. or something. Right. Yeah. That's just how that's going to work. <laughs> but, right. but yeah, I will say that I've, I've noticed with mediums that they do have like a special symbol for things that speaks to them and helps them mm -hmm. understand the messages. And everybody does. Everyone, no matter right. what kind of metaphysical work you're doing, I always tell people you've got to build your vocabulary because, uh, you know, a symbol for me, um, uh, you know, an orange ball to me might be something different than an orange ball would mean to you. So everybody has to develop their own syllables, their own dictionary. I'm almost tempted to see if I could encourage spiritual conversations just by like sitting there meditating and be like, okay, show me a rose if you want to say it's good morning or something like that and just writing everything down and then waiting <laughs> you you very well could but you need to know how to protect yourself first right because when you open that highway up i mean i always say to my students would you want to go to manhattan the middle of manhattan new york city and talk to every single person on the street and then would you like to bring them all home with you I don't think so. So you have to be very selective. You have to use protection. You have to ask for the highest and the best. Yeah, and that's I, my teaching. So, you know, accept it or reject it. It's always up to everybody to do that. Well, we hear all the terrible stories about people who mess around with Ouija boards as kids because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And, and, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with a Ouija board. It's how it's being used. Mm -hmm. You know, if you use your white light, ask for the highest to communicate, there's nothing wrong with a Ouija board. It's just inappropriate use, unfortunately. Yeah, I will say that I did a Ouija board with my friends in college, and they were 100% accurate about what got predicted down to um you know marriage children all work even and i had written down all the notes and forgotten about it and then i found the notes some years later and i was really amazed at how accurate it was wow very good very yeah. good yeah there's a lot of information available and yet you have to be careful with that too um you know when you ask when people go for readings I, do i have enough time to go into this for a minute uh -huh. go ahead when people go for readings, they have to be careful of two things. Number one, the person reading them is only getting the psychic impressions that they can read. So they can be wrong. And you have to, when you go for a reading, remember that the person can be wrong. All right. Nobody's, I always tell my students, if you get everything 100% right, you have to change your name to G-O-D. Hmm. Right. Because so nobody's 100 percent right. Second thing is, if you go for a reading with predictions. Are you susceptible to that prediction to the extent that you're either going to prove it wrong or prove it right? Yeah, that's the... so you have to be very careful with that, because you don't want to take away your freedom to choose self-fulfilling prophecy that's what we call right. that in psychology right. so you have to be very careful when you go for readings yeah mm -hmm. i've seen people just not follow their path because so and so said blah 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 and they get themselves in a lot of trouble i i feel like for me the thing that i would recommend is take away the most significant thing that comes out like when i when I spoke to that medium I mentioned earlier, um, the most significant thing that came out was learning about the orbs and that there was a pool of consciousness just waiting their turn. 
essentially. And I feel like I was just educated about what the spiritual world would be like. Mm -hmm. um, when I spoke to um, a, a one of the psychics that you, you knock on the door and get an appointment for, um, they just gave me like one sentence that summed up why my first marriage wasn't going to work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, and, and that was before I got married. I should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, I went to a palm reader and they just kind of intuitively recognized who I was without even hardly doing any work on the reading, you know, mm -hmm. um, like some of that I know is, you know, that you read a body language, you read a person's um, existence before you even look at the palm. You just get senses if you have abilities. Um, but I feel like something's always mentioned that stands out as like a, a learning tool, mm -hmm. if nothing else. Good. Good. Yep. That's wonderful. And, and psychics can, no matter what skill they're using, can be very, very helpful. Yeah. Very beneficial. Definitely. Well, I have a final question because DJ, who's the host of Calling All Beings, is very interested in Bigfoot. I wanted to make sure I asked you what you thought about Bigfoot. He's contemplating whether or not Bigfoot is a what we call a crypto-terrestrial, ultra-terrestrial, mm -hmm. or interdimensional. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to ask you what you thought of Bigfoot. Good question. Um, I haven't thought about it to the extent of categorizing him. So to me, I don't put him in any one particular category. Um, I do think all kinds of creatures exist. So whatever realm shows up and it could be that they exist on a different realm, but some people can see that realm. So maybe some people are seeing Bigfoot in whatever realm energy field energy plane he exists on okay so it's so, more an eye of the beholder <laughs> um might it might but it might not i mean i don't know for sure i don't know that i've thought about it to the extent where i've really formulated an opinion i just mm -hmm. kind of an open-minded um they probably i'm sure all kinds of creatures exist that we don't know about or that we have some sightings of but you know, can't prove yet. I mean, I'm, just look under the ocean. I mean, there's tons of things in the ocean we don't know about. So, it's so much fun when we find out about them, though. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. So I found out about 300-year-old sharks under the ocean mm -hmm. or in yeah. the ocean. Yep, there's all kinds of creatures that we don't know about yet. But, I mean, why not? Why wouldn't Bigfoot exist? I mean, um where he came from or what he is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I just let it be. I just allow him to exist. Hmm. I guess that's not much of an answer for your friend. Yeah, I'm just, I, you know, and I, I've said in some stories, it's a cautionary tale that if you see Bigfoot, you, he's trying to protect the forest. And that's what some of the stories are, to be careful that you're not supposed to be oh. there. Oh. But but yeah. I also look at anthropology a lot um, while I study the UFO topic. It's really interesting in how many things you end up studying when you do. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do th hear a lot of stories throughout history of, you know, giant beings. And, right. and I'm fully aware that we had multi- multiple primate-like beings and right. the homo homo sapien just happens to be the one that ended up being called human right. but there were a lot of us mm -hmm. yeah so i don't know so i just and then, i don't know i just can't rule out some other possibilities either so right. i i think it's curious to, to ponder okay good so do you want to let people know where they can find you? It's been a great conversation. I want everyone to be able to come reach you um, if they need to, if they want to learn about the meetup. Sure. Um, they can connect with me by email if they like. Mm -hmm. My email is pretty simple. It's Connie Bell, all one word, C-O-N-N-I-E-B-E-L-L -L, at R-C-N 
rcn.com. That's Connie Bell at rcn.com. The other place they can check things out is on meetup.com. And the group is the Lansdale slash Philly Psychic Development Group. That's Lansdale, L-A-N-S-D-A-L-E, a forward slash Philly is P-H-I-L-L-Y, psychic, and most people can't spell psychic, P-S-Y-C-H-I-C, development group. And I would love to have new students and wonderful people join us. We have wonderful speakers and conversations and classes. And all my, classes, all my classes get scheduled by request. So well, that's always email me and ask for my class list. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. There really are quite a lot of topics for people who want to go take a look. The, there's going to be a link in the description for this podcast. So you'll be able to follow that. There's also one for the Facebook page. Um, so again, thank you so much for coming today to speak to me. Thank you, Deb, very, very much. It was a pleasure. It was just a pleasure. Thank you. And you have just an amazing amount of knowledge. So I hope people access those classes to learn more. Oh. And everyone, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings Podcast Network. If you need to find me, I'm at Study of UAPs on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, so on and so forth. Reach out. Let me know what's up. And everyone, take care.